This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. It's so good to see you. Things are starting to move a little. There are some road maps being developed, at least here in the UK. And this is giving the potential for a way forward and some dates and target dates. Everything's got to be still measured in terms of numbers of infections and things with, with the pandemic. But yeah, things are going to be shifting. Spring's on the way and opening up is also on the way. So things are going to be back to normal? No, I don't think so. But they are going to be different to how they have been. So it's probably good. One of the things we've done a lot of through, or most people anyway, have done a lot of through the the whole kind of lockdown and the, the, the changed nature of how we interact, is we've used a lot of Zoom or an equivalent. And I was just musing, uh, as you do, um, thinking about Zooming with the alpacas. Can you imagine? Now, I'm not quite thinking of what some people have done, which is very ingenious, which is to use alpacas as guests on other people's Zoom calls. So they, they're actually <laughs> able to hire themselves out as, as a guest on a Zoom call, which is rather fun. People use goats and other things as well, but some people have tried alpacas. And I'm thinking about mine and thinking, oh, okay, well, I've got two things. One, I've got a technical problem. I haven't got internet access where the alpacas can be more contained in the stable and the field is more tricky as well because there's not really enough signal to do it live or to do a re- clear recording so that, uh, that's not a... anyway i might just making an excuse possibly do you know i'm not sure whether i would trust them are they going to do what they're supposed to do maybe that's okay <laughs> maybe i'm just paranoid uh, that's the same reason I, i've never agreed i have been approached i never agreed to take my alpacas to anybody's wedding the thought of it oh white dress green spit mm. i mean it's okay i know how to interact with my alpacas and other people may not and you never know just the stress of being in a strange place so i, I know other people do and it works well i haven't got the nerve i think that's what it is so there we go with zoom therefore we've we've got this communication medium and can you imagine having a Zoom call with your alpacas? What would, what would it be like? Would they all be on mute and have the cameras turned off? Would you have any clue whether they were there or whether they were engaged with what it is that you were doing? Now, when you're around, they're always watching, aren't they? They're always watching you. They turn their head away, but they can, from the side, with the eye on the side there, they can, they can watch you and see you all the time. They're very conscious of your presence and what it is you're doing, and they accept it. And particularly if you're giving them food, they're very happy. <laughs> but if there are strange movements or quick movements or they're just not quite sure what you're up to because you don't normally do this at this time of day, then you have other things to contend with and they kind of step back. They go on mute. They turn the camera off and it's difficult to read them. So we need to, to learn how to do that, really, to learn how to read them. And I've talked about that before with a Zoom call, 
when somebody's trying to get your attention, sometimes they'll wave or sometimes you just, you just notice the picture and you, you pick up on the body language. And the same is true for alpacas. We can pick up on body language. But is there a way of asking them to unmute themselves? Now, I'm not talking about all the noises they make, as uh, interesting and varied as they are. But how can we encourage them to communicate more freely? So I guess that's not be too close, not be too much in a rush, spend time around them, not necessarily doing things to them, and therefore being able to do things that will encourage natural expression. That would be good, wouldn't it? So there are some things, as I said, we don't, don't rush them, don't make too many demands of them, and keep your eyes open and ears as well. So watching for all the little movements and signs of them communicating and coming off mute. Watch them, how they're interacting with other animals as well. They're not going to talk to you. You know, we're not talking do little here. <laughs> we are talking uh, reality. So they are not going to speak words, but they can communicate. And just sometimes I wonder whether they were trying to tell me something. It's, it's interesting. I've had, had one, a young one, it was a maiden, first time giving birth, and she came over to the fence near where I was to show me that something was going on and seemed to be, this is where we anthropomorphize and we, we kind of put human intention on what animals are doing, but she did seem... I'm convinced anyway. She did seem to come over to the fence and ask for my help, my support, my encouragement, whatever. Something was going on and she knew she wanted to be near where I was. Now, of course, not all like that. And some will definitely go the other end of the field, away from where I am. They don't want any help. Thank you very much. Um, well, that's communicating as well, isn't it? So that's, the, but, but they do sometimes seem to, to want to check with me, want to let me know something. And I've had a, another situation where, unfortunately, we had a, a stillbirth with one of them, Hermione, um, who is uh, one of our older females of the original original group that we started with, the Foundation Herd. And she's got a particular low... I, I can't really make the sound myself. And I've tried to record her, but she doesn't do it all the time. There's a low and a kind of noise that she makes, and it's just really... Oh, it's, it's heartbreaking. And it was... She came looking to me, trying to find the baby. The career had been born uh, late in the evening. There'd been obviously been complications. I'd missed it and uh, kicked myself suitably afterwards. But the next time we were able to deliver, but she did have some, some problems. I think I mentioned that as well. So that was, that was useful to be able to do the communication. But I, she's trying to tell me something and it, I can feel the pain. Uh, I know too much about it and I can't talk back in a sensible way. But it was something she was trying to communicate to me. So that's, they will do that sometimes. But there are other times when it would be really nice if they did. Hmm. Particularly when they're in pain. I would, I'd really like to be able to get them to unmute and tell me where it hurts. Tell me how, how they are. Tell me what's going on. Try and make sense of what's going on. So if they're in pain, often they'll be salivating more. You'll see they're kind of drips of saliva on, on the lips. Um, if it's really bad, then there'll be a lot. It'll be really wet. It runs down under the chin. If it's very intense, then they will grind their teeth. And you know, the breathing as well, you watch the breathing. If it's shallow, but sh but but quick, then there, there are, usually there's something on, going on there. Sometimes it's flared nostrils and, and large breaths in and out, mm, more rapid than normal. 
And again, that's sort of indicative of, of some pain. They just look different as well. They hunch a bit and they, yeah. So you, you see all these things, file them away whenever you see them. Uh, so you can remember the next time, oh, this is probably that. So pain is one thing that it's difficult for them to communicate, but we can read this, some other signs at least. Other things, you know, if there's a digestion thing, you know, t- tell me what it is. Have you got a temperature? Is it digestion? Is it, is it a painful foot because you've stood on something? Or is it a joint that you've knocked yourself somehow? Well, all those things we can't get specifically from them, but we can investigate all those different causes and different issues that might be something that's uh, significant at a particular time. They do have this thing where, you know, I was talking about turning off the audio and the camera uh, and you left thinking, are they there? Well, different alpacas seem to have different ways of, of opting out, of turning off. And some will sit down, particularly if you're working with, with them in a, a catch pen. So you're working with them in a catch pen and you try to do something and they will opt out. So some stick their head through the bars. I'm not really here. They just kind of stick their, their head. They, you know, they can get their head out of the, uh, the catch pen. They're not, they don't think they're not really there. It's a bit like an ostrich, I guess. And then some of them will sit down. Some will, will get more agitated and will tend to rear up. Uh, particularly if you're trying to put a head collar and, and lead on them. And it's, you know, take the pressure off, allow them to settle again and, and see that it's not a threat. But but all those things are different ways that different animals will, re- will react and opt out. So one, we need to recognise that's what we're doing. And, and then secondly, we need to be able to, to work with them to settle them down and get them to move forward in the way that you're you're trying to. So if, you, if you're teaching them to walk on a lead... So you've got the halter, you've got the lead, and sometimes they'll kind of rear up. Well, you just take the pressure off, so you're not pulling them. You don't, don't get in a pulling match with a alpaca. They're always going to win. But then sometimes they'll just sit down, so you need to get them to stand up. You need to, to gain the one step, one step, one step, and then more freedom and stuff. It, quite often I'll turn them around. And that seems to, you know, if they're, they're not wanting to walk forward very far, then I'll turn them around and just give a bit of movement. So at least they're, they're, there is some movement, and then we can go back to walking in the direction I thought we ought to be going in, um, which they might not have been agreeing with. So, yeah, that's the, that's the kind of understanding what's going on and trying to communicate. Uh, but if they opt out, turn off the video and turn off the sound, how do you get them to unmute themselves? Sometimes uh, you take little steps and then you stop. Don't, don't over push that. So yesterday I was, well, I glanced out the window, that's all. <laughs> as you do, no awareness of any problem with Nona. And all of a sudden, there she is. She sat down in the little paddock near the the stable, but away from the others. I think they'd been there and they'd moved on and she got left behind. But she was sat down, yeah, a little bit concerned. But she's the one who's known as the one who's had the problem with the the lower joint on on her her leg. Um, Kind of ankly area, but... uh, doesn't correspond directly with ours. So there's a bit of def- deformation there. Um, it's kind of grown and changed over time. And I can't work out exactly what it is. Because of the way she walks, because of this little twist on the on the bottom joint, then the nail toenail grows longer. So there is that, which means it's going to allow the nail to grow and then it becomes more difficult to walk flat. But there's also a twist there that's all, all there anyway. So we've got to keep an eye on that and we do regularly trim the nail that. 
on that foot. In the cold weather, and it was cold and damp yesterday, I think she just gets a bit uncomfortable. So it's easier and more comfortable if she just sits down and stays sat down. She will jump jump up. But, and I'm thinking, well, I know what the weather's... I've seen the weather forecast and it's not good. It's going to be wet and not good all through the night. So I thought uh, when I fed them that I would put a coat on her. Um, she's had coats on over the, the winter anyway, now and again. But yeah, so I put the coat on. That would be a good idea. So she's there in the corral. She was a bit slow coming down. She came down, put the food out, and then she decided, uh, well, she was put, getting into the food. I went into the, the tack room to get coat sorted out and to to, <laughs> to, to then come out and, and sort her out. And she'd taken herself in, moved away from me. I was looking at her differently or something, and therefore she knew something was, was up, so she'd moved herself and she, she'd gone into the stable. Thankfully, she'd gone into the big stable. I closed one of the doors. She spotted that as she whipped around and she tried to come out the, the one that was still open, but I managed to get there first, so we closed that. And then she's standing there trying to, by the door, oh, I don't really like to come out, I, don't, I want to come out, I want to come out. And then, so I, I went in slowly and she immediately spotted the coat. Oh no, she didn't want that. So she ran off down the other end of the, of the stable and I had to chase her slowly, but I had, had to go after her to, to kind of get it to stand still. She wasn't happy and a bit, bit grumbly. And then she... Ah, well, I managed to get her on her back, but she was sort of at me because she's the vocal one. And then I've got to get the belly straps on. I've got the front strap done, okay, but I've got to then put the belly strap. And as soon as I went anywhere near that, she sat down. So she's a sitter. That's how she opts out. That's how she... So, but I, I then let go. But I, so I've got, got... I'm halfway under with this, holding the strap, but it's just not working, is it? So you kind of reach over and go from the other side. That's not going to work either. So eventually I managed to, to be able to get it under and then... Get, it, get the Velcro to connect. <laughs> and then I managed to get the other one. But each time I got near, anywhere near her belly, she was sat, sat down and she popped up again. And that's how you got to kind of work it through. So that was okay. We got there in the end, got her coat on, and then she was okay. As soon as I had I'd done that, she just kind of accepted that. And then she wasn't trying to rush away from me. I opened the door. She didn't want to get out of the stable. Um, she was very happy to have the food. Thank you very much. And uh, very keen for that. But I was, was now accepting the fact she was wearing a coat. Process. Often they don't like the process of getting something done, whether it's shearing or whether it's putting a coat on uh, or vaccinations or worming or whatever it is. They don't like the process, but they don't mind the after effects of putting a coat on. She was quite comfortable. And then through the night, she, she's fine this morning. That's a good way then of protecting her a little bit more, taking care that she doesn't start on the slide down. So that was an interesting experience. I was going to say it's an experiment, but it was an experience with her familiar. We got there in the end. We, I know that she sits, so I was ready for that. But I'm also aware that she doesn't stay down, so she tends to pop up again. Um, unless you're doing something that she really wants to opt out, and then she will just stay sat, and there's no way you can get underneath. So there we go. That uh, was really talking about alpacas opting out. And that's an example, and there are others. But also trying to work out, if your alpaca's on mute, how do you get them to talk or to communicate with you? How do you understand what it is that they're saying, even if they're not saying it, if you know what I mean? And also then thinking about ways of reading what's going on. So there are lots of things that you gain by spending time with, with an alpaca. And the other thing is that it's nice to relax and 
they're absorbing and calming to be around, which has been excellent through the whole pandemic time. And as I said at the beginning, we're moving now to coming out of that slowly, steadily, and things will then develop into a new normal, whatever that's going to be. And let's create it. Let's work out what we want it to be. And hopefully, if you're able to, that will include going and spending time with an alpaca. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Any comments or questions, do drop me a line. And if you've enjoyed it, do share it with a friend. Thanks very much. See you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.